0: Welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brucker, and today on the show, I am joined, of course, with Orlean, and also joined by Ellie of Bad Critic to discuss and rank our top five horrors from the year 2022. Hey, Ellie. Hey, Orlean. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, so excited to talk about this.
1: I'm so excited to join you both. Uh, I've got a fucked up list. <laughs> me too. <laughs>
0: I am I'm, I'm very, very, very excited about this. Um year 2022 was a very, um, there, there, was, there was a big surplus of horror content this year, I felt like, you know, from TV shows to movies to reboots of franchises and everything. There was just a lot of stuff going on this year, and I'm very excited to sit down and rank our top five horrors. I want to give a prediction of how I think this conversation is going to go. Um, my list is going to be boring to people. Uh, Ellie's is going to be lots of deep dives and deep cuts into, like, things that only premiered at, like, movie festivals <laughs> that people know about and things that are, like, extremely depraved. And then Orlene's going to try to, like, sneak in, like, a couple TV shows <laughs> into her list. So, which I will allow. So, that's how I think today's going to go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> What do you only depraved? one, <laughs> only one TV show, because I am trying. The rest are movies. Okay, okay, hey,
0: <laughs> hey, hey, you could put whatever you want down. There's lots of stuff that came out this year.
1: I mean, I depraved is accurate, I think.
0: There are no real rules to this podcast, <laughs> as those that listen know. There are no real rules to autopsy for horror movie.
2: Yeah, I, I actually will be surprised if we have any of the same things on our lists. That's what I'm looking for.
1: I think I tried. Well, so when I was building this, I didn't want to um double too many mm-hmm. things but i think i think two of mine are, are going to be on brecker's list so i tried to like find a different angle of how to talk about them nice the very least that's my prediction That
0: that's a great segue into me wanting to kind of ask you two about you know what types of things do you like consider when ranking or putting together lists like this of like movies and content that you watch and consume Um, for me, I mean, I'll talk about it as I go through our rankings, but, uh, rewatchability is like something that I hold very near and dear. That's like something that I consider a lot when ranking stuff. Like how much do I, how badly do I want to go back to the movie and see if I pick up new details? Um, I will also be considering my like overall viewing experience, you know, just how, like how much, how enjoyable Was my viewing experience going into it among some other details but i'm very curious to hear from you too i guess we kind of start with ellie what kind of things go into your rubric when you're putting your list together
1: um yeah so i like i usually have a very difficult time making top anything lists because the way that i always look at art is like even if it's something I didn't like, usually there's something in it that I really appreciated. It's pretty rare that I walk away from something that I'm like, well, that was that just like made me so angry. So it's like top five what though? Top five horror too broad. <laughs> so I put together a list of like top five horror movies that just got into my soul, just like hooked into me. And I couldn't get out of my head and just stayed with me. Um, long after leaving the theater. So um, the brief way of saying that is top five fucked up horror movies for me. For <laughs> you um, But yeah, so that's how I approached it. And even then I still have like, my honorable mentions list is absurd at this point, so...
0: Oh yes, yeah. My honorable mentions just keeps on going, but uh, I, I I love that perspective though. But like, how much did it just like imprint uh, or imprint on your brain? How much are you left lingering and thinking about it? I think that's very cool.
1: Like how, if I could rate the like f- the sick feeling in my gut after watching the movie, it was like how bad was it? And that's the top one was like you know,
0: wow, amazing. <laughs>
2: All right, not at all what I approached. Um, so, we all took very different approaches to this because I don't think of rewatchability at all. Like, I don't care if I never rewatch a thing. Honestly, it might have um, impacted me in such a way I never want to rewatch it, but that doesn't mean it was bad. I understand that. And so, like, that's a lot. Like, the experience, I could be thoroughly like sick and scared and anxious. I may never watch it again. But I'll still say, like, it did something interesting. It didn't make me roll my eyes when it used the tropes that are used again and again. Like, how creative was it? Because it's the same tropes and stories over and over and over and over. And so if they can do it in a way that doesn't make me stop the movie or get taken out of it, I give a lot of points for that. Awesome. I like that.
0: Super cool. Okay, I'm I'm actually kinda surprised I'm the only one that cares about rewatchability. As I find that interesting <laughs> just because maybe it's my anxiety, but I am constantly rewatching stuff. And which is why I never get to like get like this huge list of like new stuff that I watch, because I'm constantly rewatching shit. So it's it's difficult for me to keep expanding my horizons because of that, but I like to know what I'm getting myself into sometimes. And I like to mm. I like to be transported back to like that first Time viewing like what I was feeling and going through at that time, so I I, I think that's why I am always rewatching stuff. Like, n- not kidding. Last weekend I rewatched Clue three times in a row. Like, just while I was like doing stuff around the house and working, I had Clue just on repeat on the TV. So I'm I'm just that kind of person that's okay with that. But I
1: love that. Like, if I could do, if I, I think I try to balance both. Like, trying to always go not go back and just rewatch the same things and force myself to to dive into something new but I think every year I'll always go back and see what I watched the previous year and be like do I want to like let me check this one out again a couple movies that came out this year I went back and rewatched as soon as they were available online as well because I there was just so much good stuff this year like I just had to like go back and through it was like did that really hit the way i thought it did so
0: gotcha i think it's also like kind of my background as a scientist because like the way i approach like even when i was doing like film on the rocks the way i would always approach these movies if it was a first time viewing i would watch it once just to get like the sort of you know first time viewing experience like what are other people kind of experiencing when watching it without trying to be analytical about it then i will like formulate my hypotheses about what's I think the movie is about, then I watch it again trying to see if I could find like pieces of evidence that support or uh reject that hypothesis about what the movie is about. So that's also kinda why I'm like rewatching stuff all the time. But uh
2: That's pretty methodical.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's not how I approach it at all. Um but I was gonna say I, I rewatch things too, but I rewatch sitcoms. Like I don't turn to horror to, like, soothe my anxiety. I turn to it to, like, activate, like, what could happen. Interesting. And so I don't want to, like, dwell in these places. Fair.
0: I get that. Fair. Some of these I do. I don't know. But not, not sure. all of them. Yeah. Like the classics. Like Clue. Yeah.
2: Like Clue. Sure. Yeah. I could watch that forever, mm-hmm. probably. But, uh, like, some of the horror I'm going to talk about, like, I'm never going to watch this stuff again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good. That's. I feel like that's the accurate response to like any <laughs> horror movie. You're like, why did I do this to myself? Right
2: now, I know. I okay.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Um. Well, you know, now that we kind of have kind of put down the the groundwork for what we're doing today, you want to go ahead and get into our rankings? Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's start with, Well, here's the order we'll do. We'll go Ellie, Orlean, and then myself. And we'll start, okay. of course, with our number five movie that we have on our list. So, Ellie, what movie do you have at number five, and why is it there?
1: Okay, <clears throat> so I was a little cheeky, and I have a tie for my number five spot.
0: Oh, look, look, we're already cheating. We're already, <laughs> already cheating.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I think because they kind of, like, thematically fit, Felt the same, and they're both the most bummer movies I saw <laughs> this year, so I'm just getting them out of the way, because I don't want the vibes to be fucked for the rest of the yeah. day, even though... <laughs> I have an idea
0: of what one of them impact. is, but...
1: You know what one of them is. It's going to be... So, I think these two movies had such an incredible impact on me. I don't think I'll rewatch watch them. Um, it was uh, Chris, uh, Christian Tarf Oh, sorry. His name is Christian Tarf Christian, uh, Christian Tarfdrup, I think is how you say his last name, who directed Speak No Evil, Evil and uh, Andrew Simmons, who directed Resurrection. Oh, I saw both um, of those, okay. Yeah. I didn't see either one. So um, Speak No Evil, it's one of those movies, it's very much in the, uh, harkens back to the like uh, new French extreme movement of the early 2000s, where it's just very nihilistic um very frustrating experience to watch mm-hmm. um because the whole movie is uh watching someone consistently violate someone else's boundaries and the person giving the violator the benefit of the doubt oh um and it really play and resurrection is watching someone uh, our favorite sad girl rebecca hall Uh, watching her try to logic her way out of trauma. And in both of those stories, I feel so, um, I empathize so much with those characters as like stuff that I've had to try and reason out myself. Um, But both of them are incredibly frustrating to watch because you're sitting there, you're screaming at the screen like, uh no that's not gonna work run away and of course you know we know that they're in a horror movie but um, these characters don't know that they're in a horror movie and they're behaving the way humans do which is irrationally and trying to uh do their very best Um, So both movies uh, just kind of left me sad and sick, but they're both extremely well-crafted, extremely well-acted. I think in Resurrection, Rebecca Hall um, faces off with Tim Roth in some really powerful acting. Um, Both movies also um, have very little on-screen violence. The horror comes from just the emotional damage and some fucked up shit at the end mm-hmm. um so if you're if you want to feel down what uh, i saw <laughs> i saw resurrection at uh, the fantasia film festival here in montreal this summer and the festival programmer mitch davis introduced the film and he goes i can't wait to see you all destroyed by rebecca hall and uh and he was right i was destroyed by the end of it so yes there you go uh
0: two great movies um and both movies did wreck me. Resurrection didn't wreck me as much, nearly as much as Speak No Evil. And you're absolutely right about the kind of like, you know, we we're aware that they're in a horror movie kind of vibes and everything. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Speak No Evil is that you, at least for me, I had no idea where the horror was coming from though. And then the last 15 minutes just rip your fucking heart out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's like, uh, I just, see, I see this <laughs> face is like, why would you watch this? And I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. I have a therapist. So, you know, I work it out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought I liked bleak stuff until I watched more horror movies. And I was like, no, I have a line. Yeah. that's
1: And that's fair. And that's why, I, like, you know, I would say both of these are in the, like, new extreme genre which is like Martyrs, um High Tension, stuff that came out in the early 2000s. So, if you're not down for that, don't try. That's not a contest. It's fine.
0: Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well fantastic first two picks, um which are both movies that are on Shutter, which I find interesting that, you know, there's some um, mm-hmm. Shutter yeah. put out a lot of bleak and grim stuff this year. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's a reflection of what's going on inside their offices right now with their whole restructure going on. But, uh, (laughs) um, Orlean, what do you have at number five?
2: All right. I'll tie in some of that bleakness to The World at Large with The Menu, one of my few mainstream picks. And it is at number five for a reason. Um, So, this one, uh, directed by Mark Milad, who I'm not familiar with, uh, written by Will Tracy and Seth Rice. So, this one really cool concept. Um, I really like the idea, as someone who has eaten at some of the finickiest fine dinings and paid obscene amounts for gelées and foams and uh, all of that, like, I felt fully bought in. I was like, yes, I I have tried to get reservations at Noma. Like, I am this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go here. Like, I would 100% go here. And mm-hmm. to me, that's one of the things that is required for me to buy into a horror story is like could i end up in this situation without being desperately stupid and like yes i could end up at this on this island that's like this amazing one in a lifetime meal that like you'll never it's 12 of you experiencing it it's so exclusive you know you get you get sucked mm-hmm. in by that glamour even yes. though like it's the same fucking food <laughs> <laughs> like a carrot is a carrot i mean they do amazing things it, it's more of like experimental scientific like what can you do with food as art which I again I find really fascinating what can you do and so this movie explores like I guess where we are approaching with news of Noma closing just coming last week because it's unsustainable um really interesting tie-in to like we're approaching this like end of the age of ultra fine dining um so that ties into it too of like what does the end of that look like what has this done to the people producing the food what kind Mm. of culture has it created um what has it done to how they look at food as nourishment as ingredients as you know there's a lot here um
1: i loved um i loved the menu and i loved how um the uh first of all like having ray fiends and uh uh, Anna Taylor Joy, Anna Taylor Joy, like face off with each other was so satisfying, mm-hmm. and I loved, um, uh, I loved how they riffed on the like kind of bullshit of food marketing. Yeah, <laughs> I really loved that. I really appreciated that in that movie. That was such a, it was so well written. Yeah,
2: yeah. It there were a lot of good moments that had me gripped. Like, yeah, there is a a scene where this. Oh, just like a like a regular guy who gets too into things but doesn't take them super seriously. He likes the allure. He likes the glamour of it. And he gets put in m- one of the most uncomfortable situations I've ever seen in a movie. Even though it, it's not depraved. It's not sick. It's just social pressure. Yeah. I love that. Being yeah. judged in an ultimate way where you're just crumbling. Um, mm-hmm. Really effective. But... I will say it's at number five because what was the like romantic and I'm using romantic in like a classical set romantic interlude with the cheeseburger like it really took me out of the horror of it and like I get it story-wise but it felt very twee uh I don't know
1: yeah it it kind of felt like I think the sort of concept of the final moment, I just had a hard time buying into it, but I still Mm -hmm. like enjoyed, I enjoyed the ride, let's say. And I did want a cheeseburger after that, so.
2: I did too. I, and like, I actually like where Anya Taylor-Joy's character went, even if I don't agree with like how they got there totally. And I did like the final dessert, I'm going to say. Like that was (laughs) pretty cool. It was pretty fucked up. (laughs) So, Brucker, you might want to check it out if you haven't
0: It's definitely on my list uh, Because it's on HBO Max now And so it's on my list There's a lot of movies from this year that are on my list That I haven't been able to get to But the menu is at the top right now
1: it's because you're busy rewatching Clue. I That's know. Tr-
0: <laughs> I know. It's hard. It's it's so hard. I'm 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 a maniac. Uh, just wait when I tell you my number five and how many times I saw it this year, you'd be like, "What the fuck's wrong with you, man?" Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> okay, let's go. Okay, That's
0: I'm true. about to get some huge judgmental eyes and just from from everyone <laughs> listening right now because I talked about this movie this year on the podcast. I had. Wait, is it Scream? It's not Scream. No, okay. it's not scream. <laughs> I gave it lots of criticisms, but as something that goes into my rankings, which is rewatchability, I find this movie incredibly still fun and rewatchable to go back to. Although it fails at what it wants to be, I still enjoy it. So that's why I'm putting it on my five list. It's the um, that awful Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that came out this year. Uh, wow. Oh. It's, it's a bad, it's a, hear me out, it is a terrible Texas Chainsaw movie in the sense of what makes a Texas Chainsaw movie a TCM movie. But as a B Horror slasher movie, it is fantastic. It's like 72, 75 minutes and you're out. Great gore. Some of my favorite kills are from this movie from this year. Um, it's incredibly rewatchable from that sense just to watch all these awful people just get butchered. Um, <laughs> And one of my 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 favorite kill from the years from this movie, it's when uh, Leatherface fucking breaks the arm of that deputy and then stabs the deputy in his neck with his own broken arm. It's amazing. And that, that's oh my God.
2: that's the
0: that's the first on-screen murder, and it sets the tone. Ugh. And it's like let's fucking go. Like uh, like I recognize it's a horrible <laughs> TCM movie, but it is a fabulous B horror slasher movie that has no business being this rewatchable. But I fucking had a lot of fun with it. I watched it like three times this year. So.
1: I'm going to have to I'm going to have to watch it again cuz I kind of I I put the like all the remakes, reboots are like very much at the bottom of my list. And I hear that. But like I mm-hmm. should I should watch it. I
0: think I would enjoy that. That's the only franchise movie I have on my list. Uh the others didn't did not make it, but uh because this is the one I had one of the most fun with. Like I did see Scream and like a spoiler Scream is not making my list here. But, and I had like a much, I had like a very fun and enjoyable viewing experience, like going to the theaters and watching Scream, but I haven't rewatched it. I haven't had the urge Mm. to go back to Scream 5, but I have had the urge to be like, I want to watch those brutal kills again (laughs) from TCM 2022, so.
2: Very normal.
0: Hey, uh, (laughs) I host a show called Autopsy of a Horror Movie, so. (laughs) We
2: all just talked about watching like horrific murders, so. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: yes, yes, and. The things that happen to speak new evil, oh my god. But um
2: I'm never gonna see that one. Just so, <laughs> so we're clear. Don't watch I'm it. Never don't watch it.
0: <laughs> Um so yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre twenty twenty two. I know I'm gonna get huh. heavy judgmental um, <laughs> glares and comments possibly, but uh you know what? It's a fucking fun time. So number five for me
2: nice i didn't see it so i can't judge i'm just surprised it would be that rewatchable
0: i think it is i don't know if you're into brutal awesome kills that that movie's there for you (laughs) all right ellie culture us some that that is not uh (laughs) netflix reboots of franchises um what uh what yeah. do you have a number for?
1: <laughs> okay, so like okay, I got the I got the like two bummer extreme horror movies out of the way, but like where do you go on a list where what's worse than like someone just violating your boundaries constantly in the worst way? Well, uh, imperialism I think is the is worse than mm-hmm. that. So I also did something cheeky and I snuck in a movie that's probably gonna end up um, getting a lot of Oscar nominations this year which is the remake of All Quiet on the Western Front Oh, that came out. um, Oh,
2: didn't see that.
1: uh, At the end of last year. Um, So it's obviously a remake of I think 1931. Very uh, famous German novel about uh, World War I. Um, It's probably the worst uh, sorry it's probably the best depiction of uh, an, an anti-war film that I have ever come across. Mm. Um, there is no glory in this movie and it really um, explains the uh, machine that was churning so many people into this horrific system. Hmm. And I think it, it's very relevant today. I think um even though the characters are kind of archetypes, the characters are not really important. It's more about this system that is forcing people to do the bidding of very egotistical, powerful people. Um, I still think it manages to humanize people. It's it's uh, it was it it was. Um, It was devastating to watch, honestly. And the production of it is incredible. I don't know how they did it on the budget that they have. I feel like if this had been a Hollywood movie, it would have cost four times as much and looked half as good. Um, Mm. The acting is incredible. Um, I highly recommend everyone should watch it. Um, It's a really beautiful movie too. It looks just the, the horrific parts look horrific. The beautiful parts look beautiful um and i think you're gonna see it uh come up a lot of the oscars this year in a few months so this, there we go
0: it's really interesting to because i think Orline and i have kind of spoken about this before like war movies being like in, in kind of like its own sort of niche of horror because it, it is horrific mm-hmm. the things that they do depict and i like how you described it how like there's no glory in it either like yeah. it's very much just kind of, like, the brutalistic view of it and, like, you know, what it, like, it actually kind of is. It's not, like, these, like, rah-rah type of uh, war movies that we kind of see.
1: Well, I think a lot of, like... I think, like, Saving Private Ryan, you know, there's that very brutal opening, but I think it does ultimately paint um, people in war as uh, heroic. Mm-hmm. And I... And that's not... I don't... I don't agree with that. It's not true, I don't think. Um so I usually stay away from war movies because I find them usually very patriotic and Mm -hmm. I find it very insufferable. Um, But uh, this movie is very explicitly, you know, it was written about world war one shortly after world war one finished. So by someone who survived. Um, So it's, uh, I I think everyone, I think it's a must watch. I think, uh, I think the the last time I saw such a good anti-war movie was uh, Jennifer Kent's The Nightingale that came out in 2019. Um, so, yeah. Uh, highly recommend. Also a bummer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them are, are not bummers.
2: No, it's okay. <laughs> I think anything touching war kind of should be a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Honestly. Yeah. like yes. D- Separately from the way we see the, like, God, guns, and glory kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Um, of just, like, it's pain, it's brutal, it's devastation. Yeah.
1: And as much as I love, like, cartoonish horror movies and I love slashers and I love the, like, game of, like, the special effects of creating something so disgusting, yeah. I I always <laughs> want to balance what I'm watching with also stuff that's, like, makes... The, where the violence matters on screen, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, good pick.
0: Yeah, I like that. It kind of... I've kind of like toyed around with this a little bit in terms of like the war movie uh, aspect of it, and it, I always think about Starship Troopers, and just which ha- we have to one.
2: do sometimes. We have, we to, have do that. to do it. It's a
0: great yeah. satire uh, of. You know, the whole, like, you know, war machine propaganda Mm -hmm. and everything. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's what I think of when I think of, like, war movies trying to say something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great example. Like, the book is, is, like, very fascist. And the director was like, I'm going to make this anti-fascist. Fuck y'all. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: But it's funny because, like, people didn't get it was, like, not a joke, but, like, it was satire, because, like, this this movie's, like, super fascist. What are you talking about? He's like, rewatch well, rewatch the fucking movie, and that's the point. Like, yeah. like this yeah. is what a fascist world would look like, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, Aurelien. Uh, we're talking about Starship Troopers over here. What do you have at number four?
2: <laughs> yeah, so my number four, we're also going back in time somewhat. Yes. Um, this one is a documentary, though. Oh, yes. And it is... Woodland Dark and Days Bewitched, a horror a history of folk horror that was on Shudder. Awesome,
0: awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm awesome. so
1: glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um
2: so good. So uh director Kerala Janice, um, and it is a survey basically of modern folk horror with like an emphasis on this UK period in like the nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties where there was a real, um, I, I guess, like, break between going back to the land, being of the city, what does it mean, who are we? Um, and it's not all focused on that, but a lot of the films that they highlight are from this specific time where there were these specific social tensions in, in Britain. It's fascinating. Um I pulled some quotes that I just think... It does a really good job of, like, what is folk horror? Okay. Um, And so they said things like, folk horror ultimately asks, what if the old ways are right? Um, Chaos in the young is a perpetual concern of folk horror. Like, it's basically, like, all the horror tropes that we talk about uh, fictionally reflecting the same kind of things. Um, And I like how they didn't just pose it as, like, folk horror is... A conflict between old and young um or folk horror is a conflict between like town or country and city it's just that these are all the elements that can work against each other in these stories Mm. because folk horror never answers like what is right
0: oh very cool i like that a lot yeah i haven't done a deep dive in the folk horror before so that's like kind of very cool perspective
1: it's such a good doc. I like. I watched that documentary, and like my watch list just from oh that my documentary God. is so long. I'll never get. <laughs> like there was so many movies where I was like, I gotta see that. Gotta see that. Gotta watch that. Um, it's like like you said. It's such a thorough examination of of uh, what folk horror is and 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 how it operates in in different genres. Even
2: one thing I would like to see is um, a more international version. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. You know, I
2: I really like how they talk about folk horror, but it is it's it's called a history of folk horror, but like it's really through a specific lens and like point of view and perspective and time and place. Mm-hmm. Um. And just from my own like exploring fiction on the book side, there's a lot of, for example, like Nigerian folk horror that is becoming Netflix movies. There's a lot of South Korean folk horror. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. It's literally everywhere, and I'd yeah. love to see more, like, non-Brit, non-imperial-driven deep dives.
1: Well, like, I I, I think after watching it, I was like, this is, like, a three-and-a-half-hour documentary, <laughs> and, like, it could have just been a TV series, and they yes. could have, like, spent more time deep diving into different cultures because they kind of throw it in at the end but um, yeah
2: there's so like, much there
1: I'll keep watching this you know <laughs> like- yes absolutely <laughs>
2: and like not even getting into like Russian folklore. and mm-hmm. like it's just it's so old and I felt like they introduced that but they they kept much more to the like
1: yeah
2: this is folk horror now and it's like well if every country had the same equal access to like movie studios and audiences and Press, it would yeah. be a different landscape.
0: I'm so happy that a documentary from Shutter wound up on someone's list because I considered <laughs> putting one on here. I ultimately didn't, but I'll mention it in my honorable mentions. And that's on. I was telling Orlean this this week, but that's like one of my favorite things about Shutter is all of their documentaries are. I think are always so good. I almost like I seek those out more than I do some of the movies, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because as we kind of just said, it's a great survey, and I always have like a list of things. Uh, this year, they're. I think I think it was called like their greatest or top one hundred one horror movie moments. Yeah, uh, I had so much fun watching that. I had so many things for my list uh, just build from that, including like some foreign movies too. There's there a lot of like Japanese movies and French movies that I ended up um, that I want to check out from that. So um, I'm excited that a documentary ended up on this. That's awesome. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and now, Brucker, I think for a future episode, we have to watch the old Wicker Man and the new Wicker Man. Ooh, yes. Okay. And talk about them. Yep. Yes.
0: Yes.
1: I still, I say, I regularly say not the bees. From <laughs> the new one. It's my favorite. It's so good. It's because it's not good. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: the old one looks like it might actually be good.
1: Yeah, I think I, st- the old one I fell asleep to the first time I watched it. But I don't know if that's, okay. uh, I don't think that's a uh I don't think that's because
0: of the movie. I think it's because
2: I was tired. Right. All right, Rucker, what's your number four?
0: Okay. So going back into like weird fucked up things, uh, you know, in the same vein of Ellie's list, um, number four, I have, uh, Alex Garland's men. Um, Oh, I really enjoyed this movie. I loved how much Ellie and I were able to like take a deep dive into trying to explain the movie men. Um, Rewatchability, I think like while I've had like a couple instances of like wanting to watch it this year but it's one of those things where I know if I go back into that movie I'm going to pick up more and more details and like clues and easter eggs on things which I find super exciting um it was visually beautiful like just oh my god there's like there's so many amazing shots in this the sound design was also amazing and super purposeful to like the kind of Retelling of the plot and some stuff. Um, the, um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting her name. It's not, it's, not Rebecca, it's Buckley. Uh, uh, Jesse Buckley. Jesse Buckley, yeah. yes, was like super good in this. Roy Kittner was really good in this. Um, I loved just how he played every male role in this. I thought it was like very interesting, uh, creative choice. Uh, I just found men to be super interesting to like sit through and watch and, uh, traumatized me only a little bit so uh (laughs) and as i kind of said during my rubric things like my overall viewing experience kind of goes into this list and my overall viewing experience was immaculate i it was a friday morning i went and saw this in theaters it was like the last friday i had off before i started my new job so I took myself out to brunch. I had some mimosas and then I scooted across the parking lot, went and watched nice. this with like three other people and one person walked out halfway through. So, and it, this movie just happened at me and I was just like, what is this? This is amazing. And I literally sat outside the theater for like 30 minutes just to like <laughs> be like, whoa, like going from that into, into broad daylight, like in the middle of the afternoon was like crazy and I, I know, like, the movie got a lot, a lot of flack from a lot of people, but I thought it's like, one of the best things to come out this year. I, I love to men.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it, because maybe it's uh, <laughs> coming up on the list. <almost>. Oh, nice. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but it, it is... Alex Garland is an incredible director. I get why this was probably the least favorite of the three movies he's put out so far, people's least favorite. It's very heady. It's very... Uh, Meta, um, but I mean, I I loved it so I I agree. I, I endorse everything you said.
0: Ellie, what do you have at number three? We're now in the top three. This is exciting.
1: Again, so stressful, so much pressure. It's fine. Uh, I don't care. Don't listen to me, guys. Don't judge me. Uh, i I'm, It's Bad Critic. I it named it Bad Critic for a reason. I'm bad at my job. No. So <laughs> number three is something we were talking about before we started recording, but Crimes of the Future.
2: Yes.
1: What kind of Canadian would I be if I didn't include uh, Canada's favorite fucked up boy, David Cronenberg, <laughs> on my list? Um. Crime is the Future is a really, really weird movie. I get why people don't like it. Um, the This is a great example of, like, don't watch the fucking trailer because mm. this was sold as, like... Um, the line in the movie that they kept putting in all the trailers was surgery is the new sex. And like, they sell it as this like really fucked up movie. And like, look, it's a movie about Cronenberg where he like sticks weird things into other weird things. Oh no. (laughs) Um, and I think that does this movie a disservice because this movie is funny. This is a funny movie. It's dark. It's, 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 it's very dark. Um, uh, it's very, um, uh, Sets in it's set in, a, in an alternate universe that is um, not unsimilar to where we to what we are dealing with now, um, but it's it's uh, almost a satire on art and performance and uh, what does it mean to use your body to create art like who owns your body if you're using it to create art with. And that's the concept of this movie. It's it's a it's someone whose body does weird shit, and he finds a way to make art out of it. Um, and <laughs> it's weirdly gory. There's at one point he just casually installs a zipper in his stomach, and that's oh my fine. god that no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also in the movie. It's like him and his partner are like, I'm kind of into it, and they're nice to each other yeah. there's a lot of parallels it's also kind of like um there's like a little bit of asexuality in this movie that i found really interesting um and i think he's also making fun of the canadian um uh, grant system which a lot of art up here in canada gets government grants mm. and i feel like there's this whole subplot about government bodies like trying to categorize his art and he's like can i just do my stuff Anyway, I feel like this is not a movie for everyone, but it endeared me to Cronenberg, who, someone who I don't love a lot of his work. Mm-hmm. And I found it to be surprisingly funny and sweet about body acceptance, about how bodies are beautiful, and, uh, and to just love ourselves.
0: Interesting. Didn't, didn't Cronenberg also make the original Crimes of the Future movie?
1: So he had made a short film called Crimes of the Future, and uh, then this was a script he'd written in the 90s that was called something completely different. Oh, okay. And they were kind of just like, oh, no one knows what that short film is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call it this because that fits better. And then he kept getting asked about it in interviews. So, um, But yeah, that's very like, I think I appreciate this film where he kind of was just like, I just felt like making this weird thing. And he kind of, I think I understand at a point of his career where it's like, I can just try stuff. And I really appreciate that as an artist, you know.
0: I think that's cool, though, about how you kind of explain that and how, like, the movie's a lot about, like, art and who owns it and things like that. Which is a very kind of, like, meta thing for a filmmaker to be writing about because you know, that is a kind of thing, you know, after books or movies are out, you know, who kind of owns that art for it and also who owns like what like the purpose and intentions of those are and that's something that I feel like people talk about constantly about like what they are actually getting out of it and versus what the author was actually intending for you to get out of it but
1: well and that's like most of this movie is like people coming he's like this very shy introverted character I've also never seen Vigo Morganson play a role like this of someone who's with such like a he he's very physically shy he like pulls away from people and the whole movie is people coming up to him and trying to explain his art at him which i which again like this is this is satire another part of the trailer that like they showed the man with a bunch of ears all over his face is like wow so fucked up but in the movie they're like making fun of him in the movie they're like this is over the top like so there's a lot of the i think the trailer like, was to, like, <laughs> they're like what does this even mean like that it doesn't it's not even useful like the ears don't do anything it's Why not would you even useful Straight up, so it's like I think the trailer was like playing on Cronenberg's reputa- reputation, and the movie itself is him like making fun of his reputation.
2: Okay, one thread I also so I didn't watch the movie because I can't. That's fair. I can't do surgery, but um, I couldn't even watch those like TLC like in the operating room shows from the nineties. Like I don't want to see it, but yeah. I was so interested in the concept that I like listened to someone tell the entire movie, and. Oh. What I really liked, or what it seemed, is the thread of like, what is human? What does it mean to like adapt and change? And what are we trying to control? Yes.
1: Yes. Which I
2: find always interesting of like, what what is emerging?
1: What is abhorrent and what is acceptable?
2: Absolutely. And then what does that even mean? Because Mm -hmm. does that mean I can make money off of it? Does that make my bodily like deformities acceptable?
1: a thousand percent so yeah.
2: interesting super
0: yeah. cool what was yeah. what was the name of the podcast that you listened to that was kind of retelling it was it the one that you sent me earlier
2: too scary didn't watch <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm gonna write that down
2: <laughs> it was it, it's exactly the thing i needed them to do which is like talk to me about this movie tell me about it i want to listen but i don't want to watch the thing
0: Gotcha. And
1: that's fair. Like sometimes, like my
2: curiosity gets
1: the best of me, and maybe yeah. I should just do that instead.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I do that sometimes when I'm like, I am really interested in the thing, but I just don't want to sit through visually putting it in my brain. Oh,
0: but it's fantastic. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta. That's a fantastic. You movie. can never
2: unsee things.
0: It's okay though.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've done damage to myself. <laughs> <sighs> me too. I've been on the internet a long time.
1: Yes, we all have. <laughs> This is what people don't understand. I feel like sometimes my love of horror movies is like, I mean, I, I mean, I watched 9-11 happen on screen. On like, screen. I'm fucked up for life. <laughs> yeah. What do you want? That's true. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. We're all fucked.
0: You're talking about 9-11. I kind of wanted me to bring up, you know, there was, you're talking about like, your first couple movies that, like, French extremism kind of like, coming back. And there's definitely, like, this whole era of, like, post-9-11 movies, like Hostel mm. and Saw. It's like kind of these very, like, yeah. brutal, nihilistic sort of movies. And I was kind of thinking about like this year. We did get like a lot of nihilistic, brutal movies from this year, and that are kind of bleak. Some of them have like a like a I don't want to say positive, but like a, a, a more whimsical spin, kind of. But uh, I was also kind of wondering, you know, with like the the group of the the, the generation that grew up in the wakes of nine eleven, like what types of movies will they be making? Are we actually starting to like see some of them? Yeah. Um, and kind of like getting like those like very serious kind of like tones that are not. It's like it's like the the villain or the evil is not supernatural. It's actually kind of just people being fucked up and doing things to each other. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if it'll be a lot of like confusion movies mm. of people not
1: understanding like where is the horror coming from.
0: I, th- I think that's a good. I mean, one.
1: that was like, I mean that that's a, speak no evil. It's like most the movie are like. W- 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 why do I feel
0: so mm. awful, but nothing bad is happening on screen. So Orlean, uh, what's in, was that your number three?
2: All right. My number three is where I'm going to sneak in a TV show that I think everyone on the internet will be okay with because this is one where I'm not going to fight the internet. <laughs> this is Stranger
1: Things 4. <laughs> oh, Does everyone yes, remember uh, it? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you, I'm so glad you put that in there. Not where so, I thought
0: you were going. Okay.
1: Right.
2: I know. So does everyone remember what feels like six years ago now? Stranger Things 4 came out last May and June and it got one thing I love. I know. Right. One thing I love is how every season of Stranger Things has felt like a different kind of horror era. Yes. And like a totally different horror vibe that they're going through so that the whole thing feels like a really long horror movie. And I felt like this yes. Stranger Things 4 went like darker and deeper and more emotional. We got the whole like deeply haunted house story with the upside down. Like, I love how that all tied together into mm-hmm. this story of like multi layered trauma. Yes.
0: Oh, I honestly, if it, like you said, it does feel like it was six years ago. I completely <laughs> I forgot about the haunted house part of it. That was a lot of fun to go into. Yeah
2: right and I mean it put our characters in just like really interesting situations where it definitely felt like them leveling up having to survive and figure things out and work together because it's like never been more dangerous
1: Mm. absolutely and I thought the pacing was a bit wonky this season. Mm-hmm. Or the the pacing of the episodes was a bit wonky. But like I'll forgive anything for like a remix of Running Up That Hill. Like I will just Oh yeah. Yeah, everyone remembers right? so much. Yeah. Song
2: of the Summer. Um <laughs> that and I love the first couple episodes with like the D D theatrics and how they film it and it looks like a truly epic game that mm-hmm. they're playing. And I love Erica and just oh, yeah. I was a I fan. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It, 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 the season sticks out so much too, kind of like what you were saying, Ellie, about like the pacing, because you know these were like ninety-minute-long episodes for like everything. It was very much like a band of brothers kind of. <laughs> well, then they <laughs> did the like
2: here's two more episodes, and it's like wait, what? But I can yeah. like forgive it because I liked where they went with the story of like Doctor Brenner. Yeah, did a lot of fucked up things that we knew about, but even deeper, like kicked off all of this stuff through his own like ego. Yes, fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It was no, I, I I agree. It was a bit weird, but again, like I'm not complaining. It was great. Yeah. I had a great time watching it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, me too. It was a lot of fun, and it's there's also kind of something unique with the whole like Netflix and streamingification of content because it's like Mm -hmm. globally we're kind of all experiencing it together like like these huge things like stranger things or like wednesday and like other movies that come out there so it's kind of cool to like everybody's like having a movie night at the same time and we're all talking about it on twitter or whatever so there's kind of like something very unique in like the globalization of movie nights now with that (laughs)
2: Yeah, which is Absolutely. funny because that's what must see TV used to feel like. Mm-hmm. That's what TV yeah. used to feel like is like everybody watched the same thing at the same time yesterday. So we can talk about it. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you're like rushing to get your snacks and get everything yeah. settled so you don't get yeah. interrupted while it's airing because it starts at a specific time. Yeah,
2: but you know everybody else is also sitting watching at that specific time. Like. Yeah. there is something very important to those shared experiences
0: mm mm-hmm. absolutely yes i'm I'm glad that I'm glad that came up on your list because honestly, I did forget that came out this year that feels like that was I like feel 2020. like a lot.
2: I feel like I forgot until I was making this list, and I was like, oh right <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even thinking about TV shows when I was making this list, so like you're oh, there so, were so, so many glad. TV
2: shows too so
1: many I mean oh yellow jackets
2: oh so my good. god I, yeah, I, there's so much yeah. to talk about, but only one <laughs> yeah. TV show on my list.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so at number three, I have a movie that um, <laughs> and it, it's it's Barbarian. Barbarian is number three. Is number Yay! three on my list? <laughs> uh, I I, knew, I just had to rip the bandaid off because I knew Orly would hate that. Uh, I I did a experimental thing that's coming to the Patreon soon where I recounted the entire movie to Auraline because I knew she would never watch it and just
2: and I hadn't seen the trailer or anything I didn't know what it was I about. told her
0: I told her to only look at the movie poster and that's it um and so seeing her reactions to everything like in real time was fantastic I love that yes <laughs> oh, so I barbarian much like kind of like Orleans experience. I knew nothing about it. I didn't watch a trailer. I saw like the movie posters. I saw that everybody was talking about it and it, it kept getting recommended to me. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll get around to it. And then, um, a coworker of mine whom I've never spoken to before, he knew I liked horror and he just like pinged me on teams one day. He's like, Hey, have you watched barbarian yet? I was like, who, who are you? And, uh, I was like, no, I haven't. He goes, Watch it. Don't watch a trailer. Let me know what you think. I was like, okay, all right, that, that that's it. Because a random person that I that works in my agency who I've never talked to just randomly recommended. I gotta watch it. And I had so much fun watching this movie going into it blind. It was one of the most fun viewing experiences I had because it was it was one of the first movies I've watched in a very long time where I'm actively screaming, "Don't go in there! Don't go down there!" And that's always fun and. I've rewatched it because I had to rewatch it when I was getting my notes for Orlean, and it was still fun. Like, that first hour is so good. Um, and I think also what added to my experience to all this was that Zach Kreger, the writer and director of this, he did a very good interview with Sean Fennessey over on The Big Picture, going over his writing experience for this because he just wrote this on a, on a whim in his garage one night, like, completely just writing and just making up as he goes along and I buy, cool. now, yeah. I buy that now by the way I buy that
2: now I'm not a fan these are the <laughs> stupidest characters ever committed to like film I, Sorry
0: I love <laughs> that I
1: love that like you announced this movie and at the si- simultaneously Aurelian <laughs> was like no and I was like yes <laughs> I feel like that reflects people's reaction to this movie though, so it's fair. Mhm. Yeah.
0: It's good. Like the he was for a first-time director, he was doing some cool stuff with the camera when they're in the house, especially like Justin Long's character and everything. And also like Justin Long like welcome to the movie like like an hour into it. Um it's um th-
1: what a character intro by the way. Like what a way to introduce a character.
0: I know. And then it like, kind of turns into a comedy like for like his part of it too. And like I don't know, it was just it was just great. Like like all like the backstory we got from it. And even when we get the, cause we're talking about the camera movements in this, when we get that third flashback and it's, um, I think Frank or Hank, Hank or Frank, I forget his name, but like the, 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 the real evil dude in the movie when it goes back to like the eighties, I believe. And we're following him and the camera behaves so much more differently with him. And there's also times where like the camera moves through panes of glass into cars. And I don't know how they did that. Um, I I, I loved Barbarian. It was one of my favorite movies from this year. So good.
1: There was some such great, uh, like, technical stuff that went on in that movie. Um, And I know, like, the way to – the device of, like, splitting the movie in two where um, sort of you have one character do one thing and then it switches to something else. I think that really divided people, but I liked using that as a contrast because he does everything wrong, she does everything wrong, but for different reasons. But you, but it, he he comes in to show you who the real villain of this story is, and I also appreciated the monster, quote unquote, um, not being uh, some sort of just innately evil monster. Right, the mother character is um, someone who is reacting to their abnormal environment right mm-hmm. and i always appreciate a movie that has good monster writing where um i think it was guillermo del toro talked about this where when you're designing a monster you don't design them at their scariest you think of them when they're resting
0: mm. and
1: and the the a good monster is just re it's just out of their environment or is reacting to like an unfamiliar environment. It's not that they're just innately evil. Cause that's boring. Mm-hmm. you know. Right. So I appreciated that a lot in this movie
0: too. Yeah. No, I, I liked all of that too. And everything. And I feel like that this movie is kind of like in the same vein of like what men was trying to do. I think like showing all the different types of like toxic masculinity or just like just really awful men. <laughs> and it kind of does like the whole spectrum too with, um, keith keith in the movie i believe and how his whole thing is you know he he understands that these these weird situations for women but he doesn't like fully kind of grasp it and he kind of just like he's the nice guy he's yeah yeah the nice guy he like dismisses these things and everything and but then we get like justin long who like he's a rapist but he doesn't see himself as a rapist because he doesn't like kidnap people Mm -hmm. or whatever and then like we get like pure evil like you know at the end of the movie with with the third guy hank so um, I don't know I had I had a fun time with Barbarian because it, it kept me guessing the whole time
1: uh, very uh, like people under the stairs vibes a little bit too it was uh, a good time I was in the theater I was laughing and there was a group of girls in front of me who were like they stood up at the end of the movie and they were like that was the worst thing I've ever seen <laughs> so
2: I feel like again I that's that. the experience yeah. of this movie I fully <laughs> get that because I wasn't curious past a point like you're so dumb I'm not curious what happens to you <laughs> It's like you went down there and that's what right. that's what's like gonna happen. Bad stuff is gonna happen. I don't know what. I don't actually wanna know what. You did yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. But Love uh it. but yeah, Barbarians number three for me. Um let us continue with our top two. Uh Ellie, what do you have at number two?
1: Okay, so we've already talked about it already. My number two is Men. Um, mm. And I think I endure, you know, everything that Brecker was saying, for sure, it's be- it looks beautiful. Acting is superb. Um, so this is, this is going to be, I'm going to get into spoilers. So if you still haven't watched Men and you're down, uh, I still think I, what I'm going to say is not going to spoil it because I still think it's incredible to watch. But um, so I went to see this also like on a weekend Monday morning uh, or uh, not Monday, on a weekend morning and uh i was alone in the theater (laughs) and it was just me and that final act of just a lot of monsters giving birth to itself over and over again on a big screen right in front of me and i think what made this movie this experience so memorable to me was like i walked into the theater i was like i've never fucking seen anything like that you know like people described people compared it to like old cronenberg levels of body horror And I was like, ah, props to this guy. I've never seen nothing like that. And I've seen a lot of movies. But what really solidified this in my personal life is that um, someone very close to me was uh, uh, in labor and gave birth uh, a few days uh, later after I watched this movie. And I was very much involved in uh, helping with the aftercare. I was there very, very after the birth. And so... um, I just did not expect to see that before actually seeing that. You know what I mean? Like, I just... <laughs> these two things are forever linked in my brain.
0: Amazing.
1: And I don't think anyone had anyone had quite that experience with this movie. I feel like I might be alone in that, but... Um, You know, Alex Garland is uh, is a is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to movies. I think the themes in Men are present in both Annihilation and uh, Ex Machina, Um, and it's just a continuation of stuff he's already been exploring. So,
2: okay, I have to add. Have either of you watched the show Devs, which is also an Alex Garland joint? I'm
1: gonna have to. It's a short,
2: like limited series. Uh, It was on FX, I think. It's so good and weird. It's mysterious up until the end. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? So anyway, that's a,
1: another one I'm, to try. I wrote it down. I'm Kay. definitely going to check it out. Yeah,
0: Love it. And I completely endorse men being at your number two. Love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I also, again, like, I feel like with so many of my movies, I get why people, it's not everybody's thing. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You should watch what you like. Don't listen to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> watch what you like. Don't listen to me. That's a great motto. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Um, Orlean, what do you have at number two?
2: Okay, well, my number two. I'm gonna fight the internet about this one because it was not a popular pick. Uma, directed by Iris Shim, starring Sandra O. U M M A Uma. I
1: I didn't see this. I don't don't even
2: know what this is. What? Okay. I'm so excited. Walk us through. So, okay, so I love this one. Um, Sandra O. is a mother. She has bought this farm somewhere in nondescript America. She and her daughter make honey. They live without electricity. They use candles and stuff. And of course, you're like, why? And we find out that like Sandra O oh, um gets sick when she's near electricity, but we also are seeing these flashbacks of her being like tortured by her mother. And we get um What's really interesting is I like that it's it's a horror story that's set in the US but it touches on like the South Korean diaspora immigrant experience because mm. Sandra Oh is like bridging these cultures and part of the movie is she's basically rejected her mother and all her culture and everything that came with it in order to just like draw a line on that trauma but what happens in this movie is Like, her daughter is 16 now, and her daughter is looking at going into the world and finding things out and risking trauma, and at the same time, Sandra-O's mother dies, and she is gifted her remains. And so it's this great, like, creepy farmhouse haunting story of, like, independence and mothers and daughters and trauma and... um.
0: That sounds like a fun, like a a good bag. I like that.
1: I'm so down to watch this. I'm I'm so glad you brought it up.
2: Yeah, it's on Netflix now. I'm really surprised. Like, I thought this was a, would be like a wide release, like popular one. Um, But the IMDb rating is awful. And I, I'm just going to fight everybody because this is a horror movie that actually like ends with some kind of resolution. And it doesn't just end with endless terror. For the rest of time and I actually appreciate that we got resolution and that our characters grew and got somewhere mm-hmm. like we rarely see that in horror where they're not just facing the same trauma over and over again in different faces and so I really I liked it
0: That sounds. I'm
1: still gonna watch this. that sounds
0: really good honestly um something please watch it something I would really <laughs> dig because you know you have like The generational trauma in that, the spooky house, It has all the things,
2: yeah. (sighs) It has all the things. And what I like is that it didn't make me roll my eyes when it was doing... I mean, the same beats you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, one of the things Sandra O gets, along with her mother's remains, is, like, the, the hanbok, the dress that she wore. And so at some point, spoilers, like, the hanbok comes into, like, the haunting... And it's not cheesy. It's really good. I, I totally bought it.
0: I love I love a good movie where there's like a very obvious trinket to put down at the cabin, uh, yeah. the basement oh, of the yeah. cabin in the woods, and like that, <laughs> that Hanbach sounds just like that. That's amazing. I love it.
2: Yeah. The other thing, there's only one male actor in this entire movie. Oh, cool. Which I I was just looking over my list and like none of my picks deal with like the tension between men and women. Which I think was actually a major theme of horror 2022. Oh, a thousand. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So anyway, Uma, everybody watch it. I'm so excited.
0: Awesome. See, I love like like episodes like this because we kind of get to do like a cool survey of things for people yeah, to check absolutely. out. Very cool list. Um, so I'm I'm still kind of like debating my one and two about like which one I want what? above the <laughs> other. I don't because I like them so much, but uh, I I guess at number two, I'm going to. I guess right now say, but it's kind of like a 1A, 1B sort of situation. But number two, I'm going to go with um, Parker Finn's Smile. Um, nice. Very good. I Like I said, I'm still struggling. I might want to put on my number one after we record, but Smile was uh, a huge surprise to me. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Uh, I went and saw this on my birthday. That was like my, my, my feet are going thing mm-hmm. that I did. And... It surprised me. It was really good, really well thought out, I thought. Um, A lot of, like, kind of trauma stuff in it. The scenes, I thought, were built very well for, like, developing tension. There was lots of good twists in it. Um, It does – I mean, I do have some, like, criticisms of it in terms of, like, monster design because there is, like, a monster in this. And this felt like – 2022 was kind of, like, a year where, like, a lot of movies were using that, like, naked, thin woman, giant woman – as, like, a big monster reveal or whatever. And I feel that we could retire that now. Um, But uh, Smile was just great. The marketing campaign was super amazing, just having people show up to, like, baseball games and outside, like, Good Morning America. It's so creepy. It's so (laughs) good. It reminded me a lot of, like, Blair Witch, kind of, and, like, how, like, they marketed Mm. that movie and everything. And I feel like we don't get that that much anymore, and I wish that horror would do that more often. Um, Do y'all remember when... Before the new It movie came out, there's like all these sightings of clowns in woods yes. and stuff. Like, yeah, bring mm-hmm. back the hysteria. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Smile was the acting was super good. There's also like people in it I didn't expect. Like, Hal Penn was very good in this movie. Um, I feel terrible. I don't have her name, but the actress that played Carla in Scrubs has a very fun has a very good cameo in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I, it was just one of my favorite movies from the year. Um, it's a movie I want to do a huge deep dive into, uh, when I could get it on Blu ray because I feel like there's so many details to pick from this movie on mental health and just the word smile for the title. Is it a noun or is it a verb or is it a command? You know, like I think, I think exactly. all of that is so interesting to get into. Um, and it, just a, a wild fucking script. Uh, it's so good. And Kyle Gallner, the the horror king, he's in this movie too. He's in like so many horror movies that I watched this year. Um, so yeah, Smile's my number two.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised that I'm not surprised that it made it to your list. Like I was so surprised by this movie. I put it on very casually, thinking like this is not gonna scare me. Um, you know, the marketing. I'm very suspicious of like a big marketing push like that. I'm like, okay, it's gonna be. <laughs> You know, just a bunch of jump scares, and uh, it's gonna be slapped together with a shitty score. <laughs> um, and I was very wrong. It <laughs> fucked me up. You know, like uh, it. Um, it it leans into the minimalism. I liked that they used practical. They used performances to do this. The 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 smile. You know, um, it wasn't uh, super CGI reliant for the most yeah, part. Yeah, it wasn't like Truth or Dare um,
0: smiles. In it yeah,
1: exactly. I thought it was going to be true through Dare Meets It Follows, and I was like, Well, I've seen that already. <laughs> and you know, I kind of have seen this premise before, but I think they knew I, I, it feels like the filmmakers knew that they were up against that prejudice going into it, and so they really honed the craft of making this movie sound the best that it could. This, the sound design was incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, the performances were great, and like you said, you know, is the title a noun or is it a command you know what does it mean to be like this the, this pressure to you know be happy be okay be okay for other people when you want to actually when you're far from it i think uh it was great it was a great experience mm-hmm.
0: yeah and like you said the, the it follows vibe of it as something i did love because that was a movie i watched for the first time this year during my october uh readings or not readings so viewings and it was very cool having recently watched it follows for the first time and then going into this it's like oh my god i get like the reference um <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i, I had I had such a fun time with it. Um, All right, we are now entering our number one spots. Number one. Uh, Ellie, please lead us off with what is your number one horror for 2022? I
2: literally can't wait to see what you pick for number one because I probably can't guess it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, given where we started, I feel like we're in a great place right now Um, with my list. I was like, (laughs) Um, no, I think number one was by far the highlight of any cinema going experience I've had in probably the past decade. And that was uh, going to see Jordan Peele's Nope on IMAX on opening night. Nice. Um, I feel like this movie, the best thing about this movie is that it feels like a movie, you know, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) my favorite my favorite quote, my favorite quote from 2022 from Harry is Styles, Harry Styles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think um, going to see this is the first time I really enjoyed, uh, first time in a long time I really enjoyed an IMAX experience. I think um, the cinematographer, uh, I think his name's, I uh, pronounce it Van Ho- Hoideman, Hoideman? Um, is, you know, the king of IMAX film he's christopher nolan's dp on so many of his big massive things and the way they put together this movie visually um literally had me like buzzing by the end of it i was like i was like i I don't know what did i just see like I, i i couldn't do the math of how they got some of the scenes to look the way they did. And I'm still like, I was, just before we logged on, I was like, how did they get the night scenes to look so good? Like, how do they get the the, the the inky blacks and blues and purples of a big night sky? How did they get them to look that way? And uh, they did some magic trickery with like infrared and, and shooting day for night. And I don't know, it's still unclear. Using 35 millimeter and digital combined together, just, oh. <laughs> Like, I'm dying. It's such a good experience. But this is a horror playlist. This is a horror top five. So what makes this movie a horror movie? And I think uh, the default of this movie is that I I walked out of this movie thinking it was kind of a happy ending. And when I rewatched it, I realized that it is a devastating ending because this is a movie that is about what is the cost of putting on a show? what who gets chewed up uh what do you have to feed the machine to put out a spectacle that no one has ever seen before and and the people who who uh, who survives that process and what are they left with at the end um it sounds like you're
2: describing the menu (laughs)
1: you know i think we had a lot of movies come out this year about what capitalism is Mm -hmm. and the cost the cost of 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 a Mm profit-driven universe i think a lot of artists are questioning that and it makes sense coming out of covid right where we saw you know but we need more profit even though it's actually physically dangerous to exist outside in the world We need the profit to happen. So I think a lot of filmmakers, not surprising that people have been coming out with all of these movies and I'm sure we're going to see more of it. I think this movie just did it on such a spectacular way with such a smart script, performances, visual effects. I love the creature design in this movie. Um, I think Stephen Young's character performance was one of the best performances of the year. Uh, Underrated performance, very small part but um he nails it uh i just um it's just one of the best things i saw in a long time mm-hmm. not just in the year but in a long time yeah
0: yeah yeah very well put uh it would it, and like you said just from the like technical aspect this is one of those movies where it was like you have to go see it on the big screen to like really get it
1: Sure. But I mean, I've watched it since at home and I still like I had such an I still had a blast watching it. And, you know, um, again, like every time I watch that middle sequence at nighttime in the house and he's in the car and Corey Hart, I wear my sunglasses at night is playing. And I just want I'm just sitting there and I'm like, how did they how did they do this? And it's been a long time since I've seen a movie where I'm like, how did they do this? You know? mm-hmm. Um Just the best. Just, like, literally left me... It was high. It was, like, I'd taken a bunch of drugs, (laughs) (laughs) basically.
0: And Jordan Peele is, like, one of the most exciting new filmmakers right now. Um, Mm -hmm. All of his original ideas are so, so good. And his films, including Nope, are so layered. Like, there's so many double entendres. And, like, everything has a... Serves a purpose in literally everything that's in the Mm -hmm. movie. And there's... It's just so much depth but it's also fun because it doesn't like ram it down your throat it's like are you because the movie isn't like are you getting my artistic flair my art tour purpose of this because it's just like if you just get a surface level you still have a super fun time with the movie if you don't understand the depth yeah. that he's trying to get
1: yeah exactly mm-hmm.
2: all right this is the point at which i have to confess to the whole internet i turned nope off what <laughs> I know know a lot of people that were like, it just wasn't for me. It didn't grab me. Like, I I have no, like, intelligent arguments against it. It just... I paid money for it, and I didn't finish it. Yeah. It was not for me.
0: Oh, my goodness. At what
1: point did you walk away from it?
2: This is going to be embarrassing. (laughs) So, you know, when... um, What's Daniel Kaluuya is like showing the horse and trying to train the actress. So like three minutes in. Okay,
1: so the beginning. Oh my god!
0: Come on, Orlean.
1: Okay, that's on you.
2: <laughs> no, I. So this is what I do with books. This is what I do with movies. Yeah. I did it with the menu as well, and I was still like, okay. After the first like two minutes, I'm in. Like if it gets to the credits and mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm like, okay. I got mm-hmm. to nope, and I was like, I'm not in. I don't... This is uncomfortable. I don't... I don't see it yet. And I Mm -hmm. just noped out.
1: You noped out. I did. Good heavens. I mean, that's fine. That's fair. I mean,
2: Brooker, this is partly why we do this together. Because... (laughs) We have almost no overlap. Yeah. I'm going to have to,
0: like, push you to, like, finish that movie because we are definitely... That, that, that movie is going to be covered on this podcast one way or another. I mean, that's fine. Yeah.
2: I can watch it. It just was not going to be anywhere close to my top.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
2: Which is interesting because, yeah, thematically it sounds very similar. But whatever, what like, the vibe, the feel, the mood I was in, like, I wasn't ready for and it's it.
1: Definitely, it's definitely, like, a build. It It spends. It's kind of got the same structure as like Alien, I would say, where Mm. you know the first fifty minutes are are setting up everything that's going to happen. Okay, and then there's a turn. Mm. Interesting. And uh, and then once you know what the turn is, the first half Uh. kind of makes more sense. Mm -hmm.
2: Which I totally get. That's often a lot of TV shows that I don't finish. Also, (laughs) I will nope out of anything. Life is too short.
1: No, that's fair, and I'm a nerd, so I'm going to, like, fucking, I'm going to sit through something until I understand it. And I'm also, like, in and, like, um, like I spent the first, talking about this movie, it's like, I just want to talk about the cinematography. Right. Like, to yeah. me, that's enough for a movie where right. like, it just looks cool. Like, oh, I'll totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I think the only movie I noped out of this year was Mad God. I, I, I could not finish that. Oh, that's, I don't want to oh, see that's that fair. <laughs> I don't want
2: to see that I looked I watched the trailer and I was like oh my god
1: no yeah <laughs> well there's no narrative even to like carry yeah. is it just it's chaos like it's an experimental animation movie. Oh, okay. from Phil
0: Tippett is that right
1: yeah Phil Tippett Yeah, who's like, I done mean, maybe everything I'll that it we've out, seen but... but yeah
0: so <laughs>
2: the list is so long like even when I was starting Nope I was like there are five other movies I could have watched tonight
1: you know what I mean well and I almost didn't put it on my list because i had a feeling someone else might put it on their list so i was like should i even mm. talk about it or just shave it for something else i don't know but um you know uh, i was like again like i left the theater just like buzzing mm. so i, I mean like, that's I amazing yeah. yeah yeah and it was i mean it was opening night and like a lot of vfx stuff happens in montreal there's a lot of uh, pixel farmers uh, mm. And so there was people like in the audience that had worked on the film and like were applauding the credits. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. My I was sitting with a friend who works in music publishing, and she like turned to me. uh, The first comment at the end of the movie was like, "How much do you think they paid for that (laughs) song?" (laughs) (laughs) I was like a lot of money.
0: Oh my goodness. That's great. It's so funny too though you say that because you know that I think it's a progressive or all-state commercial where like you know like you, you turn into your parents once you like become a homeowner. Oh yeah. And one of the tips he has like like the people like in the movie theater clapping. He's like no, nobody here ma- made the movie. You don't need to clap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so yeah. Orlean, what yeah. did you finish this year? What 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 is at yeah. your number one? Oh
2: my gosh. Okay. My number one. I'm excited to hear it. It's I guarantee it's on no one else's list. It is another one where I'm going to fight the entire internet about the rating. It's called Choose or Die.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, this was not on my radar. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: no. I I w- w- was was this was a Netflix movie, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. So, Netflix movie also came out in the first half of 2022, which I really I know feels so long ago. Mm-hmm. But um okay so directed and written by Toby Meekins um the the IMDb rating is so wrong that I'm just like mad <laughs> I I saw the IMDb rating and I was like this is going to be my number 1 <laughs> Um, I love a good fight. Yeah, so I'm here yeah. For
0: I, love, I love, I love that you're on the offense. This entire recording, your performance at today me. is come at me. It is, is incredible. I'll put on my
1: fighting pants and <laughs> back know. you up. Like no, no
2: I shame. just, <laughs> I went into this recording knowing that my list is not going to be anybody's list, and like that's fine. Like that's fun. Yeah. But I also knew that like highly debatable. My list, obviously. Um. So choose or die. I'm gonna be honest. The Netflix preview got me like they did their little 30 seconds and what they showed is a girl on a computer at a cafe um, and she's like programming and all of a sudden like a game pops up and it's like you're in a tavern would you like cake or coffee and she like looks around and there's no one else here and the waitress is just like standing there and um, it keeps asking cake or coffee. And she looks over at the menu, and the entire menu has changed to cake or coffee, cake or coffee, cake or coffee. And so she does this like sleepy thing where like she looks back, and it's a normal menu. And she types in coffee. And instantly, the server is there pouring the coffee and goes, I'm going to pour until you stop, or until you say stop. And she keeps pouring and keeps pouring. And it's going to go over, and the girl's like, stop, stop, stop. And then the server goes, I'm just messing with you, and walks away. Thank you. And so I was like, I got to know what's happening. Right. <laughs> I have to know what's happening. I'm in. Is it reality? Is it a game? Is it is she in some kind of, like, thing? I had to know. And so I will say, like, it's a pretty grim, eerie, like, low-tech movie. This is not, like, a fun, bright video game movie. This is, like... I really think it's an interesting metaphor for what it takes sometimes to get to adulthood and freedom. Oh. What do you have to leave behind? What do you have to give up? What are you holding on to? And the the way that this computer game is like haunted or cursed or like you're not really sure what's going on with it. And you're like, are all these people losing their minds like, is there not even a, a crazy video game? They're all just, like, breaking with reality and putting it on this video game because they're, like, computer people and they're, like, um, thinking that way. And the body count is high.
0: Oh, yeah. I love a high body count. Okay.
2: I know. Brucker, you would really like some of these deaths?
0: I'll, I'll, I'll love a good demise. Yeah.
2: Because they're really... It's, it's so creative. I've never seen anything like it. It totally like the first thought afterwards I was like they are trying to take like they're modernizing the unknown horror story using technology and things like being a software programmer and like what control does that give you in the world but it's a very limited type of control like theoretically computer programming you are like building your reality but at the same time you're not it's just in this box
0: do you think it speaks to someone like you cuz like I know that you you're a person who works in tech like did that movie like really 100%. speak to you
2: 100% like again what does it take for me to get into a horror movie could i end up in this situation realistically Absolutely I I loved it and then once you're in the game do you stop do you keep going what does it cost you like It is very much not a game. And I just love, like, there are serious consequences. It's not a fairy tale. Nothing goes back to normal at the end. Like, whoa. I love that. It's very horrifying.
0: Question Is this one of those Netflix experimental movies where it's like a choose your own adventure kind of movie? No. Okay.
2: No, it's just a regular movie. Um, unfortunately all you can do is watch the characters choose things and you're like no no don't press the button but you have to press the button
0: but what But, hold, but what? an evolution of what I was just talking about earlier how like move is evolving of like you're screaming at it saying like don't go down there but now you're saying like don't click that you know <laughs> yeah
2: but nobody was forced to go down the stairs by anything oh my god that's what's stupid they were forced by social pressure okay well that's dumb and in a horror movie that's the first thing you ignore
1: oh my god politeness I love it like I'm so I'm so excited that I have (laughs) new movies to watch like I'm so I'm you've given me three new things to watch I'm so down that's
2: amazing and like I'm not gonna say it's the best iteration of it but like I've I've never seen anything like it I like the characters enough to care what was happening and that's like the most important part Mm. is like as this stuff is happening to them what like when you feel like they are trapped are they really I like I just I bought it and like I just I didn't watch the trailer for like any of these things. I just went into it.
1: Yeah.
0: Very cool. I like your list a lot Orlean. V- very unique. I like it a lot.
2: Thanks. I tried to pick things that like probably weren't on any top lists except maybe the menu.
0: Right. Yeah. I tried to, but I was like, I just couldn't. I just liked all these things way too much. I mean,
2: that's <laughs> totally fine too. Yeah. I, I, you know me. Like, I look for the things that people aren't watching. hmm Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and very fun list. Um, <laughs> so for my number one, it is not of planet Earth, otherwise known as Nope.
1: I knew it. I knew it. it.
2: Wow. Yes.
0: uh, No. This is what I was debating between this and Smile because I did like Smile Mm because the 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 reason why I was stuck between those two is because I love Nope and like everything that you said, Ellie is so true and like visually and technically it's amazing and it's a very deep and detailed movie and like you said, the ending is like it plays off positively, but it's it's actually like that it's depraved it's actually kind of um but uh i i was only kind of scared in the certain parts of the movie and it's smile i was scared like the whole time so i was like kind of like why mm. was i was going back and forth a little bit but nope i mean just from like people i've been able to talk to about it we've been really to get into like deep cuts into like what the movie is saying about so many things and there's from like filmmaking itself to like you know spectacles even like a little bit about like religion because there's all like that like that bible quote at the beginning of it and everything and mm-hmm. token characters that are used in spectacles you know and everything and how like this movie is filled with like you know uh what would be token characters in other movies um it's and also the first death in the movie is Oh
2: my god that's just gaping eye wound looking at me in the face i was like i don't I I don't think this is I funny. like it but
0: it's also like still speaking to like you know he <laughs> what, what was, this movie is about like token characters what was he killed why he's killed by a coin he's killed by a token and mm-hmm. a token is what's nice. used at like the end of the movie for something too that's uh, impactful okay. and the creature design like Keith David, yeah. and yeah. how I just love a movie that's like forcing you to look at the sky for so long and it felt like jaws but in the sky and I don't know. It was just super great, and I love how they played with like the intelligence of the the alien species in this, and also creatively what it looked like and everything. Um, and the acting, I thought was so good. Like Daniel Kaluuya was uh, did so well, and Kiki Palmer was really great, and um, uh, Stephen Yen. I loved how they. You know. Yeah. Sorry, oh, sorry. Ahead. Yeah, <laughs> it was just. I, I it's like one of those movies where I know when you watch it, you're going to pick up so many more details every single time because Jordan Peele just layers his movies in details, and it also felt very kind of Tarantino in like the the style that it was done with all these different sections of uh, like kind of like, there's like kind of like these vignettes in the movie, and it's not clear what their purpose is even after you watch the movie, you're like, wait, what was the whole purpose of this one vignette in it? And it feels very tarantino and like that that story that storytelling style so i don't know it was pretty fun i i, I loved nope and uh unlike you Ellie, uh, when, when i was in the theaters watching this there's a group of uh, uh young girls sitting in front of us and as soon as the movie ended they all stood up and went well that was a waste of two hours i just like <laughs>
1: see i mean look if it's it's not if you're not pissing people off with your art then you right know, you're it's not for everybody wrong.
2: everything isn't for everybody yeah
1: no um, and I think um, uh, also you brought up the way that Nope was structured you know again like inf- it enforces this idea of like it's the chapters are named after sort of the creature that is the focus of that particular section of the story so. Is it about that creature, though? Like, Mm. it's the title, but, you know, do we know how much autonomy does that creature have in this story? And they don't have a lot. Spoiler. Um, And it's interesting that you you brought up the sort of the, like, religiosity, the, like, very subtle notes to religiosity. I mean, that's such... I think it's such a good line, like, when he says, what's a bad miracle? That's such a weird, interesting way that that specific character would think about things right his character doesn't Daniel Kalua's character doesn't talk much in the movie Mm-mm. um his he plays off of his sister who's like very verbose and very animated and he's very like introverted and and pensive um uh, but it shows his intelligence also of like he's constantly thinking and analyzing and evaluating it's such a good line and and uh, and i really appreciate that it exists yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah no it's so good and besides everything we also talk about on top of it it's also a really funny movie there's so many times where i was laughing throughout this movie especially like,
1: i mean we didn't even talk about angel. um uh who's yeah angel <laughs> such a great character like what a what a performance like what a breakout performance for the
0: year mm-hmm. yeah it was it was great uh, so nope not of planet earth one of my favorite movies from from the year
2: Wow. What a list. <laughs> what a total list.
0: So how about this? Do we want to go around and kind of recap our list real quick for, for the folks? That way they could kind of jot down um, <laughs> what what we had t- to say from here today.
1: Sure. Okay. So I did something cheeky and I did a, a six movies. Sorry. <laughs> um But yeah, Speak New Evil and Resurrection for when you want to find a reason to feel bad. And the reason is not just that you're depressed, it's that you watched a sad thing. So those are those two movies. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, like I said, I think it's going to be all over the Oscars. And so, um, you know, if you also want to feel sad, that's a great one. Um, Then I included Crimes of the Future. Uh, I get into what I... Appreciated so much of this year even though it's not really on my list which is like a lot of satire horror or like kind of like um, social commentary stuff came out this year also a movie that I really liked that um, I had to fight the internet on was this uh, this little tiny movie called Duel Duel D-U-A-L um, that was like very satirical very dry very minimalist um, but I think again the marketing did it dirty mm. anyway and then I topped my list off with men because you know, real life and movies was just very uncomfortably too close together for me, <laughs> and uh, and nope because it's just like a a, f- a feat of technology and writing and acting that uh, I haven't seen in forever. So there you go.
0: Love that list, Orlene.
2: All right. So mine, number five, the menu for when you want to skewer fine dining and also think deeply about art and food. And what does it mean to create and what does it do to you to create in very specific confines for very specific people who also suck? Um, Number four, Woodland Dark and Days Bewitched, a history of folk horror from Shudder. Fantastic. Um, If you want to add to your to be watched list, definitely check that out. Uh, number three, Stranger Things 4. Uh, I mean, everybody loves it, right? But I just love how we get deeper into haunting and possession and obsession and trauma in this series or in the season. Um, number two, Uma, because I i mean, what's better than a woman and her child without electricity in a farmhouse and there's some creepy ass haunting. And then number one, choose or die, because let's get futuristic, but the future is not all bright, and uh, it's hard to get ahead these days, (laughs) no matter what you do. And I also love, uh, what is reality? Choose or die was like my ultimate, like what is real, what is not real, and what can I trust around me that I'm seeing, that I'm manipulating, what are my real choices?
0: Awesome, love that. and for my number five, uh, if you are in the mood to cathartically watch people get butchered in 75 minutes or less, uh, watch the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Just don't take it too seriously. It's a bad Texas Chainsaw movie, but great for brutal kills. Um, number four, if you do not want to be in the driver's seat and want to have just something just happen at you and you can't stop it, watch Alex Garland's Men. Um visually stunning, the acting is great and it's like, what the fuck did I just watch kind of thing that I don't think will scar you too much, but men um, is <laughs> fantastic. And then number three, barbarian for when you just want to be you want to keep guessing what's ha- happening next, all sorts of bizarre stuff um, and also very 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 ominous creepy operatic score in this. and um, that the subtitles very creepily describe as tortured voices um (laughs) (laughs) so barbarian number three for me number two smile for when you want to be scared shitless and have a lot of jump scares happen at you and make you go oh wow like life is miserable um and we all have trauma (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and then knots of planet earth for a great spectacle and to really wrap your try to wrap your brain about what is Jordan Peele trying to say about the film industry. And if you want to have a good time and laugh a little bit too. Nope. Um, yeah. This was great. I like
2: it. We have we a also- good mix of like fun and serious.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. And we also got a lot of movies this year. Movies about movies. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm full into like Oscar buzz stuff right now. And so many of the movies are like, this is my movie about how great movies are. And I appreciate like that also came into play into horror where it's like, it's kind of fucked up what we're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. 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 No, this was great. I love all of our lists. I love how di- the diversity of things we got from this. This was a great spread. Uh, people definitely mm-hmm. comment on Instagram, which ones that you will definitely be checking out. Whose list do you agree with the most? Uh, I think that's kind of fun. But um, I just quickly.
1: Yeah. Tell us in the comments. Yes.
0: Um, yeah. I only have a few minutes before I have to hop off, but uh, there's like a very quick r- you know, lightning round of like at least one honorable mention. Uh, I think we could each do. I'll start off with um, a movie that technically came out in 2021, but it was released on sh- like kind of like re-released on Shudder mm-hmm. this year that I had fun with, which was C For Me. Um, this was a pretty fun kind of like indie movie. Um, it's about this woman who is blind and she is house sitting and the house gets is being robbed while no. she's house sitting it. No. So I'm out. She, no. So <laughs> she so she uses no so here's the twist she uses this app called See for Me and this person who's like her seer is helping her. That's
2: a real app.
0: Fight off. Oh is I did not know that was a real app. Is so this person That's a real
2: app. Like we could all volunteer to help people. Yeah. Oh
0: interesting. So the the person helping her is like a is a veteran and so she's like helping her shoot and kill these people. Uh, in the house, and I thought nice. it was a lot of fun. Okay. So, C for me is like my shutter deep cut for people to check out.
1: I mean, I had so many movies that I loved this year that didn't even make it onto the list, but I'd love to shout out. Um, like, we saw some experimental stuff, like Fresh was great, uh Wounded Fawn was so weird and fucked up. I loved it. Bodies, 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 I enjoyed. But I think the one I really want to shout out as an honorable mention is something that came out just at the tail end of 2022, which is Something in the Dirt by uh, aaron moorhead and justin benson um they made this movie called the endless that was um really well received and they've made a few other like these micro budget um really really low scale sci-fi horror mixes and something in the dirt um was probably their best movie that i've seen again someone fought me in the comments on this so whatever i guess it's not for everyone (laughs) but um I think it's framed as these two uh, neighbors who are trying to document something incredible, kind of the same way that Nope is. Um, but uh, uh, again, like not uh, you can't really trust who's telling this story, and so nothing is really as it seems. So it makes it for a really interesting watch. They really tap into like the sort of creepy, high strangeness of LA. And I think the ending, they managed to combine two of my worst nightmares in the final moments. So, you know, good on them. I was very uncomfortable by the end. So, yeah, really great, really great, fun, interesting. Work.
0: I love how you like to be uncomfortable in your movies. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I know, I'm in therapy. It's fine. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> um, Orlean, uh, what is a quick uh, honorable mention that uh, that you want the folks to check out?
2: Uh, The Invitation on Netflix, yes. which yes. is... Um, I don't know if this one totally passes my first test of like, could I end up in this situation? It's more (laughs) of a voyeuristic, like, what's going to happen here? Um, but like, creepy families, aristocracy, weekend in the country, mysterious cousin, like, there's just a lot going on here.
1: I had so much fun watching the invitation. Yeah. I
0: loved it. It's yeah. it's been on my list yeah. and
1: Brecker, we
2: gotta watch it. We should do commentary, that's my opinion, because there's a lot to to joke about and comment on. Should
0: we really yeah. confuse our audience and do a month where we do the invitation from twenty fifteen and the invitation from twenty twenty two in the same month? Maybe.
2: Let's do that. I haven't seen the one from
1: twenty fifteen, oh, so I don't know anything about it. Same
0: director from Jennifer's Body, so
1: uh, Amazing yeah, it's Okay persona,
0: yeah. yeah Yeah It's,
1: <laughs> it's, it's... I Highly recommend Highly recommend Okay The 2015 invitation uh, And the This invitation From this year Was just like Just tapped in I'm a Buffy fan So I was like
2: It was mm-hmm. There were a lot of Fun elements Where I was like This doesn't have to be Very serious Or it doesn't have <laughs> to All add up Because it just has all the All the things
0: Right Yeah Well, Orlean and Ellie, thank you so much for your time, and, uh, you know, I loved hearing everybody's takes and opinions about, like, you know, what what they are drawn to, what, what, what's your rubric for making things to your list, um, this was a lot of fun, uh, everybody be sure to check out Ellie on Instagram and Twitter at Bad Critic, and Orlean at Spooky Orlean on Twitter and Instagram as well, and I'll be sure to put links in the show notes, um, Everyone's performance today was immaculate. This was so much fun. I unfortunately yeah, <laughs> have to bounce to another show. But um everybody thank you for listening, <laughs> share with friends, and we'll be sure to catch you next time. Be sure to watch some good movies. Goodbye.
1: And come come fight with me in the comments. <laughs>
2: oh my god, yes. It's fine. If you watch Choose or Die, I want to talk to you.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'll I'll
1: text you when I when I watch it. Okay. I'm so okay. Yes, please. And Uma. Yes. So good. Mhm. They're all in my list. Okay. So. A good
0: list of stuff for us to also cover too. You know, like I definitely want to talk, check out Uma and uh, Choose or Die. So.
2: I mean, Choose or Die, you'll just love like the fun aspect of it for sure. And it's fucking bleak, which apparently you two are just like bleak city.
0: <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But uh alrighty c- see everybody next time. Uh this has been Bye. a lot of fun. Bye.
1: Bye.